As 2023 comes to a close, I wanted to celebrate the launch of the This Is My Generation podcast this year, our 22 episodes thus far, and just end the year with a little bit of a recap and summary, a little bit of a break, and start strong again in 2024. So we are featuring these next two weeks, the most two popular episodes from this year's launch, and that's on socialization as well as how to transition from traditional school to homeschool and what encompasses both of those topics. Those were our most popular episodes thus far and I wanted to reshare them. Feel free to take these next couple of weeks to explore episodes that you haven't gotten a chance to listen to yet. Please, please, please provide reviews, feedback, and I would love for you to please email me, melanie at thisismygeneration.com and let me know what topics you want to hear about as we go through these first next couple months of 2024. So thank you for being a listener and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from, whenever. Happy fourth episode to us. If you are binge listening to these, thank you and welcome back. Um, And if this is your first introduction to This Is My Generation, then hello. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I am recording this tonight from my home office. I just finished getting, with the help of my husband, the desk and just whole setup for my son Josiah's little homeschool space. He's like directly across the room from my desk. I'll have to kind of get better about posting and sharing some of these things um, and put it up on social media. But it's exciting. So I get to see that. And eventually, as I start actually recording these um, also on video, it'll be cool because I'll have like his posters and his little USA map and stuff in the background. And I think it'll be a good fit. But um, I'm grateful for the response so far from the first three episodes. And I hope you get a chance to listen to those. And I just appreciate if you have already shared it or if you will after this. Just thank you. Um, So today, I want to talk about some practical steps for making a smooth transition to homeschooling because this is obviously a hot topic right now in the fall. Um, Although I just saw this week, uh, like two of my friends in Georgia already have kids going back to school. I know here um, in our district in Brevard County in Florida, the Space Coast goes back next week. We start our our classical conversations co-op next week. And of course, all my friends back in Massachusetts don't start probably until September. Um, but it's still very fresh on our minds. And one of the homeschooling for beginners, like support groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, inevitably has a ton of posts this time of year where like new to homeschooling parents are sharing their schedules and calendars and they like ask for recommendations and advice. So it really got me thinking about like this idea of transitioning from traditional school to homeschool, because even if it's your first year and it's your child's first year. Like even if they've done a little bit of preschool or formal school, um, I still think there's a very big mental shift and transition that has to take place. And then even more so if your child has already been in a traditional school setting. And the funny thing, I guess it's not always funny for the, the, the original person that posts, but almost immediately, like you see this very natural tendency to to mimic a traditional school calendar right and they're posting it and they're all excited and like they want feedback and y'all like group members shut it 
down. Like it's always comment after comment, like, no, we don't do that. We don't want to do that. Like, especially in kindergarten, whatever, you don't need to have all these blocks. And it kind of becomes like almost this unintentional, like bullying. It's, it's sort of, the internet is always bizarre behavior when you have like a group of like 90,000 people. But anyway, so I thought it was a good time to talk about this transition and this tendency and sort of what it's rooted in because rather than guilting or shaming or any of the other like seemingly unintentional feelings that we attach to parents that are just trying to do like quote unquote school at home, I want to talk about like solutions and where we actually go from here and what does it look like to dismantle what we've previously taught about education and like rebuild it for ourselves because I, that that per, perhaps in like a broader sense is a whole other episode, but more practically, what do we do this year as we're making the transition? Because again, even if you aren't transitioning your individual child out of a traditional school, and when I say that it could be public, private, charter, whatever, like you're still conditioned most likely from your own childhood on what school looks like. So for a moment, I just want to go over some definitions because... <clears throat> We say school, education, learning, like a lot of these different things, right? Now, Wikipedia lets us know that a school, and I'm going to read this verbatim, is an educational institution designed to provide learning spaces and learning environments for the teaching of students under the direction of teachers. It goes on to say that most countries have systems of formal education, which is sometimes compulsory. In these systems, students progress through a series of schools. Then the Oxford Dictionary says that a school is a noun and is an institution for educating children. Okay. So then like, obviously the natural question is, well, what is educating me? And that same Oxford Dictionary says that to educate means to give intellectual, moral, and social instruction to someone, especially a child, typically at a school or university. So I like to highlight this because even using the vocabulary in this way, like we have already had it ingrained in us that school is an institutional body for educating. Like that's why what we do is most commonly called home school. Now there's many people like myself included that prefer language like home-based learning or home-based education. We'll probably get into that in another episode, but I think like the, the instinct to create this sort of rigid schedule or like this day-to-day calendar is natural because that's what we've experienced the most and been exposed to most frequently. Right. It's like that institutional body. So even if your reasons for homeschooling include more flexibility and following your child's interests and like you love the idea of unit studies and unschooling and some of like these similar homeschool approaches, we often think of homeschool families who like just sort of wing it as abnormal, right? It's because like our brains have been conditioned to believe that spending eight hours on academic work is like the path to educational success, right? Like, and there's nothing wrong with the schedule. Like we're obviously going to touch on that soon, but like half hour after half hour of like content blocks is how traditional school is designed because it takes that long to move that many kids through content when you're having to stop to check for understanding or correct a behavioral issue or like shuttle in between the classrooms and lunch breaks and all this stuff. Like homeschool families very quickly discover like how fast you can move through material because of that shift in dynamics, right? Whether it's the one-on-one ratio, the comfortable environment, or like something else. And ultimately, I think if you try and hold yourself to a schedule that looks like a traditional school, like you and your student are much, much more likely to burn out faster. And my friend and colleague in generation, Dr. Katie Scott, who's our head coach in the Harvest program, like she talks about this 
a lot. And she's seen it firsthand with her research participants and in her work. Like, so what we want to instead think on is like focus on collaborating with your child on what the environment and the setup looks like, like make it fun and colorful for them. Like, again, this isn't Pinterest. We, I've joked about that in the past and I will again, like, but solicit their input on the topics and like what delivery method you're going to use and like, just take all the breaks. Like it doesn't have to be a rigid schedule, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Cause I want to sort of like break it into like practical things that we're going to do, because I think this applies like whether you have a dining table space an outdoor space, like an entire room dedicated to homeschooling, like whatever it is you are doing and your approach to homeschooling, like there's still concrete steps that you can take, like, especially this fall into like really making this transition meaningful for you. And like, even, even with like the space stuff, you know, so my son Josiah is coming out of, um, a private Christian school where he did VPK, but he, he ended up doing the kindergarten curriculum and sort of like a mix. Um, I'm not sure how much that stuck. Like I'm not going to push him too, too hard this year, but he also did a formal, um, preschool in Massachusetts that was like a pre-k through 12 school so like he always saw the big kids he's been doing the bus like the whole nine and so when we were setting up the homeschool room and really getting him involved like he had an obsession with the chair that was going to go at his desk and like he just he wanted to find it he wanted to find it quick but he had very strict like parameters for it it had to be on wheels and he wanted armrests like mommy's chair like for my desk and like I had parameters and requirements because I wanted him to be able to have his feet down, but he also still had like a 33 inch high desk. Like I have, it kind of matches the whole room because he had been using like the smaller, like Lego desk and it just didn't have enough space. And anyway, so like, but that's how he got involved. And we like picked out the map together at target and like a few of these other things. Um, and so that's just like a total squirrel moment, but it was just like something I was really thinking about in terms of like, involving your kid, having them just interested in getting the setup, because then when you're talking about a schedule and things to do, you're more cognizant of their physical environment too, because they've been a part of it. And it's like, oh, well, I really can't like, or don't want to sit in here for eight hours. So anyways, all right, for the sake of time, let's, let's get into some of these like concrete steps on making this transition from like traditional school mindset into home-based learning, (laughs) we'll say. So like like shifting our mindset and expectations is like where we're going to start because it's probably one of the changes I think that takes the longest. And I feel like it's common going into homeschooling to say that like we understand that educating at home provides freedom to create like whatever custom learning environment we want and tailor it to our child's unique needs and interests. But I think creating that environment and really leaning into it is a whole other thing, right? Like unlike traditional schools with rigid schedules and long hours, like even at the young ages, homeschooling allows us to be flexible with our time and making learning more efficient and focused. And we say this stuff out loud, but like we really, do we believe, like I I think we believe in the importance of the flexibility, but implementing it is much, much harder. Like, and again, my instinct even now with Josiah is to look back at all he learned last year as private school and say like, that was really cool. Like, how can I live up to that? But I have to remind myself that like, I don't want to, he skipped kindergarten and I, I, I didn't even know what was really happening until midway through the year. Like it was fascinating to see him soaking up so much 
information and very excitedly doing the homework and showing us the material and whatnot. But we also witnessed him putting an incredible amount of pressure on himself. He didn't realize it, but as a recovering perfectionist and my husband too, like we saw it. So I have to swallow my pride and the desire to see him excel and just like genuinely take the advice I've heard others share in terms of like not rushing into these early years because you almost always regret it, they say. And like, I have to remind myself like just to breathe because by embracing this mindset of freedom and honestly, like this calm confidence, you're going to free yourself from the pressure of replicating that classroom setting at home. Instead, we want to have the freedom to explore different educational approaches that intrigue us the most that we've previously identified as aligning with, right? If we've already done this work on what is our educational philosophy, what do we believe about education and why, what do we want our homeschool approach to be? Side note, if you haven't done this yet, visit thisismygeneration.com, get the Pathfinder guidebook, work through it, go back through some of the other podcasts, send me a note. This is what we're passionate about. But like, Check out local resources and examine teaching styles that work best for your child and and that resonate with your family. Because the goal, remember, is to provide a rich and engaging learning experience that sparks their curiosity and nurtures a love for learning. Like we're not just replicating what is taught in a traditional school. And it doesn't mean that 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 those things don't happen in traditional school. We know that, right? It doesn't mean that we forego that or toss it out the window, but it does require us to like really regularly examine where our thoughts and our tendencies stem from. Okay, so we we have the shift in mindset and expectations, and then it's creating a family vision. Like another thing that I advise you to do as a family in this transition is involving your children in the homeschooling decisions. This is where I was going with like the chair and the physical environment. Like this could be anything from curriculum to the physical space, the extracurricular activities, like whatever's appropriate for their age. Because this is empowering. It helps foster enthusiasm, I think, for this new journey. Like sit down as a family and have an open discussion about homeschooling. Share your reasons for considering it and ask your kids for their input. Like listen to their hopes, their fears, their interests. Like just together create that shared vision for your homeschooling adventure. Because like I know it's easy to get excited and feel like this isn't necessary or like this part can be skipped. But When you have a clear vision, it's going to guide your choices in curriculum, your activities, your educational experiences. And you're going to hear me sound like a broken record on this type of stuff because I truly believe in it that much. Like a vision also helps keep everyone motivated during challenging times. Like your family's vision can evolve. It's not like it has to stay in one place. You're going to gain more experience and insight into what works best for you and your child's growth and development. And, you know, just get something on paper or on a board or whatever inspires you and just revisit it like even quarterly. Um, I've had to slow down and do this carefully because I got into homeschooling because I felt God strong, strongly convicting me to do so. And as I've spent the last few years during my doctoral research and getting in the weeds with homeschool approach and decision-making and reading and listening to families and stuff, like I had so many personal aha moments, like most of them surrounding the excitement of disrupting an industry that is one of the very last remaining industries to not change since the industrial revolution. Like in my corporate career in consulting work during my MBA and stuff, like I loved working with blue ocean strategies, which is like finding the untapped emerging corners of an industry and then doing something radically different than what was already happening in a saturated market. 
But like, as I learned more about how our national education standards came to be, like I wanted to know more and more and to take the parts that I loved and trusted and like run away from the rest and just like carve out my own vision. So while I may not be thinking of that, like daily, as I get started in the, like the minutia with my five-year-old, like I'm still thinking of that long-term and considering how the decisions I'm making today are going to align with that future, right? Like what if we're traveling to Africa for my husband's ministry? Like is what I'm cultivating now a framework that we can take with us in 10 years when the boys are in high school? Like, I don't know, but these are the things that I daydream about and that don't suck up too much energy in the here and now of the planning, but like they do have an impact and they keep me focused. So just, I say all of that to say like, do a vision exercise for yourself without any new pressure. Okay. And just see where it goes. Because after that is one of my favorite, almost like oxymorons, which is flexible consistency. Because this is for me, like one of the hot button things when it comes to discussing like homeschooling expectations. And you'll hear me relate it to infant sleep training a lot. This notion that like you spend all of this time prepping in the beginning and getting schedules and like kind of fussing over like wake times and wake windows. And like, you know, you got to look for these sleep cues and you get, you get the baby to a point where, you know, they're in a solid routine. The point of that consistency is that you can then depart from it with flexibility and go to dinner. Or for us, it was like, take them out to Bible study every Wednesday and then not have it disrupt the rest of the week or whatever it might be. And so like one of the great benefits of homeschooling is the ability to design a schedule that suits your family's lifestyle and your children's natural rhythms, right? So if you work, um, you know, outside of a, of a nine to five and you're doing it in the evenings and the weekends, like then you can fit it to your schedule. Like it's unlike the fixed hours of traditional schools. Like you have that freedom to adjust your homeschooling schedule to accommodate like not only your child's most productive times, but also if you work full time as a parent, like that, I like, I learned that the most from like John Holt's book on unschooling and like how many parents were working full time in the sixties and seventies and doing homeschooling. They just did it at non-traditional hours. Like it was my first glimpse of like the possibilities for our family and like what others were searching for and didn't really think were possible because again, they were stuck in that mindset that like traditional school is, you know, eight hours a day in the morning hours. And like, that's what you have to do if you want to do it at home. So begin by just identifying like when your children are most alert and focused, you know, some children thrive in the morning, others are more productive in the afternoon. Like, Use the peak times for the focus learning things, you know, just like I don't work on a long form uh, blog post or like peer reviewed article when it's late afternoon and Josiah wants a lot of like attention. I save that time for like admin tasks and I save the morning for like the dedicated focus stuff. It's the same thing when looking at your schedule for the kids. Obviously be cognizant of their age as well. Like I read and heard from many tenured homeschool parents that no more than 30 to 60 minutes a day is needed in the youngest elementary ages. And that's definitely sort of been verified with like early research. And I know even like the rigorous classical conversations, like challenge cohorts, which are the high schoolers, like I just heard last week at orientation from students who hold jobs during the day, work on their schoolwork in the late afternoons and evenings, and then still happily have time for friends and sports. So like whatever situational factors you examine for your family, just be sure like you're still including regular breaks to recharge and allow for free exploration. But like, 
the flexibility is great because life happens, right? Like, and plans are going to change. Like family members are going to get sick. Jobs are going to change. Like we're not always on our game or like, screw it. We just want a two week vacation as a family in the mountains. Like whatever it is, embrace the freedom to adapt your schedule as needed because this flexibility can still blend with structure. Because while homeschooling offers the freedom to be flexible, like you still need a balance of structure. Like that's, it's beneficial for most of us in order to have some type of productive learning environment, because without structure, it's harder to measure the success of your efforts and actually reaching your goal. And it's going to lead to overwhelm much more easily. Um, You know, structure provides children with that sense of stability and it helps them understand what to expect during the day. I think it also enables you to cover like core subjects more regularly while then just leaving room and leaving space for spontaneous learning opportunities. Um, So I think like a big tip that I would have is highly, I highly recommend creating like a loose daily routine that includes the essential activities, like the learning time, the breaks, the meals, the outdoor play. Like with my own calendar, I have to include the work that I need to complete for my business, which could easily be 40 to 50 hours a week, but I have to be very strategic and disciplined about it. Then weekly preparations for my tutoring role in our co-op, morning lesson time with Josiah, outside activities. I do have a university teaching schedule, you know, our church schedule and responsibilities. And so I purposely like start by scheduling like what we call clean rest. And this is from like my own, uh, my own personal coach, like my perfectionist coach. And so that's time, like I'm intentionally not working on the business. And then the appointments for the week, like our co-op community day or like the regular park day with the local homeschool group, like picking my other son Levi up from daycare, Bible study and that kind of stuff goes in the calendar. And then I block like regular morning time for Josiah's lessons. And then after I do that, I go back and I brain dump my to-do list and I fill in the blanks, like making sure I'm leaving buffer time, like should tasks take longer than anticipated or if Josiah is going to like struggle with independent play or something like, and I plan to do the same with the schoolwork, like whatever doesn't fit in that block, like just doesn't get fussed about or worried about because overall the goal is to avoid being too rigid in your schedule. Like embrace the freedom to deviate from the routine when exciting things arise. Like that's the beauty in doing what we're doing. Like, even if you don't have a car or a vehicle and you can't get out and do all of these, you know, like, Oh, somebody posted about a museum trip or, Oh, you know, we're sharing a car and my husband's at work and somebody posted about this event. And, you know, well, I can't just do that. Like, it's not necessarily about that, but like just adapting your plans based on your children's interests and curiosity. So like if they've got a deep dive into a subject that is sparking some passion and you just want to be able to get outside with them in, in the day for four days in a row, like then you can do that and you can nurture that because the homeschooling journey is a dynamic process. Like, I don't know about you, but I want to embrace the joy of learning together and cherish the time I get to spend with my children now. Like, even when it's overwhelming and I can't drop them off anymore. And like most of all, like I just, I, even amongst all of that, like I just want to celebrate the growth and the knowledge that I know and I trust homeschooling is going to bring into our lives. And then, so all of that, like the last thing, you know, we, we get excited by all that, but you still have to set realistic expectations, right? So as you embark on this journey, like you still have to take the steps to shift our mindset and work consistently yet flexibly and create these visions. Like we have to balance that with setting realistic expectations for both ourselves and our children's. And I preface this by saying like, you should not be feeling stressed by any of this. 
I'm the kind of person that hears like recommended steps and says like, oh crap, I haven't considered something and, and like I need to go do it. That's definitely not my goal here. The goal is not to overwhelm. It's to deliver things that can bring you calm confidence by making small steps towards them. Okay. You aren't turning around tomorrow morning and doing every one of these things. Like just pick one. Start by talking to your spouse or partner about what you've been listening to or journal your thoughts as part of like creating your vision. Block out some calendar trials for the next two weeks and then don't go back to it. Just give it a shot and see what happens. We have to understand that transitioning to homeschooling is a learning process for everyone involved. Like there's going to be days when things don't go as planned and that's perfectly okay. Give yourself and your children grace and space to adjust to the new routine. Homeschooling is not about perfection. It's about growth and discovery. We know that, but we have to practice it, right? Be patient with the learning curve and know that you'll find your rhythm as you go. If we focus on progress over perfection, I think if we celebrate the small victories and the milestones that our children are going to achieve, like just acknowledging their efforts and being their biggest cheerleader, like with time and perseverance, like you will witness the growth and development that homeschooling is going to bring. And I'm confident in this and I'm speaking it out for myself too as a mantra. And I promise I'll report back with like how I'm doing that, how I'm doing on this. Um, but I hope this was all helpful and yeah, for the sake of time, like I just, I look forward to our next episode already and think these over, make a comment, like, share, do all those things. And I'll see you next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and the overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and explore the options for the Harvest program and download one of our free eBooks. I'm so excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.